You are listening to the Archaeology Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Archaeotech Podcast, episode 22. I'm your host, Chris Webster, with my co-host, Chris Sims. On today's show, we talk about two drawing applications that you can use on a tablet in the field. I've used one of them pretty extensively for many different projects, and it's really been a time saver. Let's get to the show. Okay, welcome back to the Archaeotech Podcast. And today we're going to talk about, as I said in the intro, um, graphic drawing applications for tablets. Uh, Chris and I both use the iPad, so we're, it's going to be a little heavy in, uh, in that realm. However, um, I know there's a lot of stuff out there, and if you've got any other suggestions, put them in the show notes, and we'll try to review them and, uh, and talk about them next time so other people can hear about them. If you've got anything that you really like that works for Android or any other tablet, um, I, I dare to say Windows tablet. I don't know who has any of those out there. Actually, I do, but not really. <laughs> um, so I just realized that when I said that. So anyway, we're going to talk about a couple different apps today that, um, that we've got some experience with, and I'm going to let Chris go first with OmniGraffle. Take it away, Chris. Yeah, so uh, OmniGraffle is from the Omni Group, and uh, they're still around. Uh, I picked up this app, the first generation of OmniGraffle, uh, like seven years ago for my first generation iPad when I was in grad school. Mm-hmm. And um, I just got it because it was free and it would make flowcharts and diagrams and graphs and stuff. Um, and so it was useful for me for like presentations and making stuff for reports and publications. Um, but to fast forward seven years later, uh, OmniGraffle has, we're now up to version two on the app store and version two costs $50, which is a big step up from the free version that I got. Um, the added features in, uh, version two are, uh, you know, more control over colors, backgrounds, scaling, um, all sorts of features. And then another feature that, um, is a added bonus to version two for the the iPad is that it's compatible with Microsoft Visio formats. So if you're mm-hmm. working on a flowchart app in you know your Microsoft tablet, you can transfer it to a colleague who's working on their iPad and vice versa. So that's pretty useful. Um, it's also gone a little bit further beyond simply making flowcharts and diagrams. Uh, you can now do shape recognizing uh, mock-ups. So you can mock up like a website, you can mock up all sorts of things that you can generally draw. And so they're starting to tailor this to be more compatible with the iPad Pro and the Apple Pencil. Um, mm-hmm. And I actually was in an Apple store a few days ago and tried it out um, with the iPad Pro. And I was really impressed with it. You know, I just drew like a couple rectangles and it started mocking up a uh, website page as I was like scribbling things. And um, so it's it's pretty neat. And uh, it's it might be worth the $50, but um, when you look at it as part of a bigger package with the Omni Group, they have other apps that help with managing tasks and managing workflows and forming outlines. So um, it's definitely worth looking into. I think that it could be a really powerful tool on like the management end of things, whether you're a CRM manager or managing bigger academic projects, stuff like that. It could help you out. Um, 
it could also help you out with producing graphics for your reports and your publications and stuff like that. But, um, you know, I'm still playing around with version one and, uh, it's still pretty basic, but it does what I need to, to just make flow charts and, uh, simple graphs and diagrams. I'm looking at some of the things that it can do here, um, on their, on their page on the app store. I'm actually looking at the Mac version, which I don't know if you, I don't think you mentioned is, is actually a hundred dollars, ninety nine ninety nine for the, uh, the full Mac version of this. Um, yeah. And that's version six. Yeah, version six. So it sounds like I, I'd be willing to I'd be willing to bet that version two for iOS is pretty similar to version six for Mac. They probably just came out with the iOS version later, would be my guess. Or maybe they haven't updated it in a while. I don't know. What's the what's the update cycle on that? Uh, the last update for the iPad version was December eleventh. And the last okay. update for the Mac version was I can't remember off the top of my head, but I checked earlier. And it was sometime in late November, so they're still tooling mm-hmm. around with it. Okay, well that's good. So they they kept it up to date for the new operating systems that came out in the fall, at least. Yeah, that's that's handy. Um, I'm just wondering, like, what the what the major differences are here. Oh, and my guess is too that the the last update for iOS was to include support for the Pro and uh, and the Apple Pencil. Um, would be my guess or some more functionality for that i like this it does it seems to do a lot of neat little things can you just simply draw with this or is it more for shapes and 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 outlining and sketching and stuff like that uh yeah you can simply draw with it too um so you can set like a a scaled background and you can freehand draw Hmm. on stuff so you could use it uh hypothetically to make you know like uh plan view site maps uh and stuff like that um so and you then, say you say a scaled background, so you could set like a one meter by one meter background and then draw to scale right on there. So that, that's what you mean, right? Yeah. Um, so there's the ability to import like whatever background you want. Um, and then they also have an online uh, template uh, server that you can draw from. So um, I haven't had a chance to explore the online uh, server, but uh, just in the how-to videos that I was tooling around with earlier, it looks like they have just basically anything anybody has ever worked on in the uh, online servers. Yeah, this is pretty cool, and I'm seeing one of the reviews for the uh, for the Mac version that says check out the uh, check out the feature sets, or you might end up paying double. It looks like they've got some upgrades that you can get with this, including the uh, you know after you buy the initial one. Um, yeah, that might involve some different feature packages. Yeah, so that's one of the caveats is uh, it it does say somewhere in the App Store that there are a bunch of in-app purchases, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm not sure what that entails. So, you know, mm-hmm. you, you could end up biting off more than you really need or <laughs> biting it sounds, off less than you need. <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like this is kind of a, um, you know, somewhat of a, a bigger company purchase too. Um, like if you're working for a company that could really use this and really use something like this, that you, you'd spend the money and... And uh, and enjoy something like this. Um, I don't know how it compares to like Illustrator or something like that. Right, and you can also through the Omni website you can purchase a license, and I'm not exactly sure you know how that could be applied. So like you said, Chris, it could be something that a larger company could you know have, you know, say DigTech buys OmniGraffle and the Omni app package, and then you buy the license and then transfer it to every single device, you know, that might be something that goes on. Mm-hmm. Nice. Nice. All right. Well, have you actually, um, 
have you used this for anything uh, in the field that you can think of? Any any projects related to some of the stuff you were doing? Um, yeah, I used it uh, when I was doing a. Uh, it was in grad school, but I was doing a, a peer reviewed journal article on urban community gardens. And while I was out uh, in the field, I would actually draw like mock-ups of the layouts of various gardens. And then I would go and use that to try and um, locate them on like aerial, aerial imagery so that I could do like a, a GIS mapping with it. Um, so it was, for me, it was kind of like a, a notebook. Um, and then, you know, there were other times in grad school that I would just be like doodling on it in class or, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> stuff nice. like that. <laughs> you always have to have something to doodle on. It's the, uh, it's the 21st century trapper keeper, I guess. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. Nice. All right. Well, we'll have links to both the iOS and Mac version in the show notes. If you want to go check those out. Um, let's take a short break and we'll come back and talk about another application that I've actually used um, quite extensively. All right, back in a minute. The Archaeology and AL podcast presents a monthly series of lectures on all aspects of archaeology. These lectures are part of the Archaeology in the City program, hosted by the University of Sheffield in England, and are held at the Red Deer Pub near the end of the month. The podcast can be heard a few days later. Check out the Red Deer if you're in the area, or find this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Now let's get back to the show. Okay, we're back, and we're going to talk about one more application, and this is one, um, like Chris, I downloaded this real early on. Um, I had my first generation iPad about a week after they came out, and I think within, I don't know, two, three weeks, I had downloaded this application. I have no idea what I paid for it. I doubt very much. Um, Right now, it's $8.99, which is still not very much, and when I tell you what this app can do for $8.99, I think... I think you'll all go out there and buy it, and I'll wish I had an affiliate link in the show notes, and I could get a cut of that, but Apple doesn't do affiliate links. <laughs> so <laughs> um, so I, I think it's just it's, it's an amazing application. Um, first off, it's by Indio um, Incorporated. That's I-N-D-E-E-O. Uh, I don't know that they actually make anything else for iOS anyway, but this is a vector drawing application. There's no Mac version. It's purely um, iPad. There isn't even a, an iPhone version, so... Uh, although with the iPhone 6s plus um, they really could come out with an iPhone version I could I could see a lot of um, versatility in that because of the bigger size of the screen but that being said it works on the iPad mini the regular sized iPad the iPad air um, and undoubtedly the iPad pro and uh, like I said this thing is amazing um, I'll just list off before I really get into it a few of the things that I've done with this that were crucial for my business because uh, as you may have heard, if you uh, heard me talk about, if you listen to the CRM Archaeology podcast, is I started my own business. Um, it's actually a few days ago. It was uh, three years ago. So, and I started with with no help, nobody helping me. I didn't have a design department. I didn't have a GIS department. I didn't have anything. So I had to do everything on my own. So not only was I looking for more efficient ways to do things, so I could cut down on my time uh, because I'm trying to do everything. 
but I was looking for obviously cheaper ways to do things. <laughs> so I'm using this application. I've already got it on my iPad. I'm like, well, let's see what this thing can do. And you know, initially, um, I designed a lot of the graphics for my website for this thing because you can set in, you know, certain uh, canvas sizes. And my website had particular canvas sizes for different things, so I'd set that canvas size and then bring in photographs and and different graphics and things like that. And uh, and you can put text over, you know, all the normal drawing application type stuff. And then I would uh, save it in here. One of the more powerful tools that this can do, um, just take a little side note real quick, is its export options. Um, when you share, uh, you can send to another application on the device. You can send it straight to somebody via email. You can do the kind of old-fashioned iTunes export where you export to iTunes, which means once you plug it into your computer, it's listed under the application's documents um, on iTunes. You can save it straight to Dropbox. You can save it to um, your photo roll. Um, and let me let me go in here real quick and pick something because some of the other export options are pretty uh, pretty staggering, really. Um, so if I share this, I can pick a graphic file, which is the name of the program. So I could actually save this as a graphic file um, out to Dropbox or email and send it to somebody else, or I could um, probably airdrop it to somebody else and they could open it straight up with all the layers and everything. I can save it as a PDF. Um, there's other graphics formats like SVG, uh, PNG, and JPEG. But one of the other incredible uh, powerful things is I can save it as a PSD file, which if you know what that is, that's a Photoshop file. So if you're in the field working on something, a multi-layer vector drawing app, um, uh, drawing uh, or sketch or something like that, you can do all that in the field right here on the tablet and then save it out to Dropbox when you get back home or back to the office as a Photoshop file and drop it right into Photoshop and keep working. And And that's just... That's phenomenal um, that they allow yeah. you that they allow you to do that. Yeah, and you can export at different resolutions and different scales and all kinds of stuff. So, a few of the other things I've done with this um, that are actually really CRM related, um, aside from creating most of the graphical the graphic logos for the uh, uh, for the Archaeology Podcast Network as well, um, <laughs> which are beautiful, by the way. <laughs> hey, there you go, there you go, um, and. So anyway, one of the other things I had done is um, I've got a whole thing in here for some of the smaller projects I've done. Now, I've done a few cell towers and some smaller projects. And when you're doing some of these smaller projects, like I did a few um, early on, I did a few like 100 acre surveys, you know, stuff like that. And on one of these, the guy had, um, I was sub subcontracting for another smaller firm. And one of the things he liked to see was he liked you to just carry around a, a Garmin GPS. And he liked to have the tracks on and he wanted to have the track because he liked sending the client the track that you actually walked across the landscape, right? He wasn't nervous about me. <laughs> it's just something he's done ever since he could do it, save the tracks out. So I was able to um, pull the track from my Garmin GPS into, um, I can't remember the name of the program. There's a, there's a Garmin Basecamp, I think it's called, program where you can pull the track out, save that as a, um, you can basically just save it as a PNG file. A PNG file has no background typically. Um, so you've just got the image. And then I was able to take that image. Um, again, thinking outside the box, I don't need a GIS department to do this. I've got an eight and a half by 11 sheet setup that looks just like like an overview map, and I dropped the satellite image on there, dropped the uh, um, dropped the tracks right on there, and then put a little legend on there and exported this out and dropped it in my report that I sent to him. 
Um, I've also done, uh, speaking of cell towers, I did a small cell tower project on the campus of the University of Nevada, Reno. And one of the things I had to do when you, when you do cell towers, one of the things you have to do is I had to look um, within a one mile, uh, actually, sorry, a half mile radius of the cell tower. And I had to know, were there any historic properties already within that half a mile radius? That was part of the literature search. And sure enough, there, were, um, there was one property up near the tower, and then there was a whole little, the whole quad area for the university was a historic district. So rather than having a GIS department do all this, I pulled down the section of the quad map that I needed, dropped it right into iDraw here in a template that I've already created for overview maps, um, like a project vicinity map. And then was able to, to, to draw on the little labels that I needed for all the little buildings I have. And it looks like somebody's GIS department did this map. So the one thing I would tell people, especially if you're going to use this for stuff like um, overview maps and stuff like that, is always think, what, what am I making this for? Um, your GIS department is really expensive, and they're probably overworked. So... If you as a project manager, even in a bigger company, rather than sending some simple graphical illustration or something like that to the GIS department and say, I need this map, I need an overview map for my report, I need something. If the end product of that does not need to actually be a GIS product, which means something in the computer, <laughs> if it just needs to be an image that that works, do it in something like this and save their time. Once you have your templates set up, you can easily easily create some of the graphics that you need and, and pull in the stuff that you need right off the internet um, on your tablet or right off a Dropbox and just drop it straight into this application. So it's it's pretty it's pretty phenomenal that way. Um, Chris, I don't know how much I showed you um, about this application, some of the other stuff I had done um, when you worked yeah. here. You and I had, uh, you showed me some of the mock-ups um, for when we were talking about on a previous episode about uh, augmented and virtual reality mm -hmm. uh chris has this really awesome mock-up of you know it's like the average view from a survey in you know the desert southwest and then he has mocked up you know a heads-up display of what like an ideal google glass or some kind of augmented reality setup mm -hmm. would look like uh and it's really cool it shows like project boundaries it shows like little pings for your crewmates stuff like that. Uh, it's awesome. And then uh, Chris and I were planning uh, different things for how I could use all of this in one of the <clears throat> field schools that I work in in Belize every summer. And, um, you know, a lot of this is still, you know, in the works planning. But, uh, you know, we're talking about taking pictures of our profiles at the end of an excavation and then drawing the different stratigraphic layers and different cultural um, units that you can see in the profile of an excavation unit. Mm -hmm. So we're talking about this app saving tons of time on the front end without ever even really having to involve the back end. So if you're working at a smaller CRM company or if you're involved in, you know, a really shoestring budget academic dig, uh, you know, this is going to be a lifesaver. It's going to save so much time, so much money in overhead, um, so much money in, you know, software and licensing fees. Uh, so what'd you say it was $8? <laughs> $8.99. Yeah. In like 15 minutes, it pays for itself. 
Yeah, absolutely. And you know, along those lines, uh, I'm glad you said that about your project down in uh, down in Belize because I've done stuff like that. Um, I've I've mocked up some things. I went out to actually a mine site that's out near Reno, and I did some um, some mock up stuff. Like I was looking, there was this one. I've got a picture here of um, it's kind of a stone. <sighs> kind of a stone wall with this really crappy like mortar inside of it you know like this it's not really cement but it's kind of an old you know like like a hundred year old stone wall at this mine and i was like okay so at some point somebody somebody in some company is going to or either has already recorded this and will probably have to illustrate that on uh you know on some kind of piece of paper as like a profile drawing you know i've, I've had to do that before where you draw a wall or or something like that as you're drawing a profile um and so the typical way to do that would be to set up a level line, probably about halfway up, uh, if it's a really tall one. And then you either by yourself, you measure two and, you know, you draw your level line on the map and then you measure to and from the level line on different increments. Maybe it's um, every 10 centimeters or every five centimeters or everywhere there's a feature you need to draw or something like that. And you basically pick using that level line and your and your stick tape, uh, a, a 2D point in space, and you draw that point on your map, and then you draw a bunch of points, and then you connect the lines, and at the end, you fill it all in. Well, instead of doing that, I took this application, and I just snapped a picture of the wall, and then I brought that picture into iDraw, and then I was able to zoom in, and when you zoom in really far, of course, pictures get a little pixelated, but when you zoom in to where just before it starts to really pixelate, and then you pick any one of your drawing applications, like a pencil or something like that, and you start drawing the little stones on this rock. You can go through, and let's say you've got even like different types of stone, or you've got different courses or something like that. You can start a new layer for a new vector layer for each one of these courses. And then in mass, you can select all of those sketches for that one layer and change their thickness you can change their color you can change their whether they're dashed lines and you can really call out a bunch of stuff all at once you can never do that once you're sketching on paper i mean you got a really complicated profile drawing you can't go back and just erase everything and start over again <laughs> you can't yeah. you can't decide once you're halfway through it oh wait i really kind of think this will make it stand out better and then um so I went through and I did a bunch of drawing on that. And, and not only that, but once you hold your finger down or a stylus to draw on this, not only can you zoom way in, but you'll also get a nice little um, like like uh, like magnifying glass window right where you're at. So you can get pixel level um, accuracy on what you're drawing on. And, and then you can go through and you can hide certain layers at different times. You know, when you want, you can just open the layer browser and you can just hit the little the little eyeball looking thing, a typical Photoshop type deal. And make the layer go away. So when I'm drawing on top of this wall at any point in time, I can just make that photograph layer go away and and see what I've got here as a sketch. And then I can export that sketch as anything I want. Um, and if I if I drop a um, if I drop say um, like a scale bar into this photo, I would be able to match that up and and do everything to scale within the application. Like Chris, you said for that OmniGraph will do. You can also do scaled vector drawings in here and in fact, I've got a one-by-one one plan view setup template in here that I use um, because one of the other things you can do is you can also do your own symbol library. You can just create symbols right in iDraw, highlight it, and say add this to the symbol library. So if you've got, you know, typically when we'll draw, say, for example, um, soil profiles in a unit, you'll you'll typically do, you know, stippling or something or, or something yeah. like that to identify the different the different profile, the different types of, um, you know, levels that you've got, the different layers. Well, or the different horizons, I should say. Um, 
Well, you could just create those ahead of time and then drop them, drop them right in. You know, as a company, you could create a whole symbol library for mapping, and then everybody uses the same symbology. Which I'll tell you what, if you don't do that, you're going to get a whole mess of things on your project. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Everybody using their own little things that they use. If you don't tell them what to use, they'll use what they've used before. Yeah. So. And like I said, since this is a vector drawing application and you set the scale at one meter by one meter, for example, on this, on this, uh, actually I had it set at a hundred centimeters by hundred centimeters for the plan view. I can draw a line and it'll actually show me how long that line is that I'm drawing. It'll show me the coordinates down in the corner of where I'm drawing that line. So if I need to draw uh, a, a pottery shirt in at, you know, 10 centimeters across and 15 centimeters up, I can get exactly to that point. Like, like exactly to that point and and just just as easy as paper but um the the better thing that you can do is you have more control over your drawing without erasing and making your your sketch look like crap so and and with your sketch the the companies that have a little more money and a little more time are probably going to go over those with illustrator anyway and these it's one step you avoid the illustrator step completely because you're doing it digitally from the get-go so yeah this is awesome. As we've been uh, talking about this, I, I actually purchased and downloaded it. And nice. I cannot wait to use this in the release because <laughs> one of the goals that we have, it's it's a short two-week field school, and mm-hmm. we accomplish a lot of work in two weeks. But you know, one of the imperatives is that we produce a report very quickly. And so mm-hmm. this is one of those things that's really going to ramp up our production time. And so uh, you know, the fingers are crossed that we can hopefully get a report out the door probably on our last day in the country this mm-hmm. year so this will be cool yeah nice that's that's awesome and uh as you know my my cons my consulting services for uh using stuff like this in the field are always available if you need somebody in belize to show you really how to use this <laughs> <laughs> yes we are we are in talks right now <laughs> right right um <laughs> Anyway, yeah, the the sky's really the limit with this thing. Um, you can do you can do all kinds of different things, and and usually when I when I have some sort of graphic thing that I'm thinking about doing, um, like I said, whether it's business cards, website um, stuff for the Archaeology Podcast Network, anything, um, anything I can possibly think of, the first thing I do is I go to iDraw and I create it in iDraw, and it's just so ridiculously powerful for the size and and once honestly once you chris once you start really playing with this thing and you start getting into some of the some of the tools that you can use and and some of the styles that you can create for some of the lines that you might need um where i mean you can have it tell you exactly how long it is you can do it you know you can have those labels print right onto the map if you needed them to you can do all kinds of different things and and it's just i don't know i i can't say enough about this nine dollar application it's pretty ridiculous yeah, that's amazing. And, you know, for the price point and for the amount of time it saves, I mean, mm-hmm. you're looking at saving so much overhead Yeah. It, as, from a business standpoint. You know, I worked for a small scale CRM firm for a while. And, uh, you know, one of the main bottlenecks with that company was waiting for a GIS graphic to get produced. And mm. so, you know, we had a bunch of MAs in the in the house that were producing reports. And, you know, when we only have one or two people making GIS graphics you know it really slows down the whole process so this is the kind of thing that you know for like you were saying if all it takes is like a simple overhead and and simple uh overview graphic i mean you can turn that out in a matter of minutes yeah 
You know, I even created, um, I have, there's another application we've talked about a little bit called Tabforms that I use. And uh, I went to, it was at the SAAs two years ago. Um, I had a booth with another guy and one of the things I was demoing at the booth was Tabforms and we had a TV set up in the background and I had this this constantly running video because we weren't always in the booth. So I had something running all the time back there. And it was basically just, um, you know, an auto running slide presentation about tap forms. And I also had a video that would run up that, that of, of me using tap forms in the field overlaid with like, um, the, the actual tap forms application. And, because we couldn't be standing there talking about it, I needed like some text overlays, but I didn't want to do just standard um, lower thirds uh, style um, text. You know, I wanted to have something where I could circle something on the application or something like that and then have the text right next to it and say, this is what this is, you know, stuff like that. I created every single one of those in iDraw because I can make them wow. any size. Yeah, I can make them any size I wanted. And since you can save as a PNG and remove the background, it was completely transparent background and I could move it anywhere I wanted on the video. So... It was, I mean, I've got, I'm looking at it right here. I've got like 30, 30 or 40 text overlays that I created right here in iDraw, exported them to Dropbox and, and dropped them straight onto my video. It was stupid easy. Very cool. One other thing I'll mention, um, and then we'll probably, um, we'll probably go is the organization is pretty good in this too. Um, it's typical Apple style organization. If you're at all used to that, you can do folders like you can on the front of your, um, like on the main screens of your iOS devices. So you can do folders and keep all your projects organized within those folders. So everything isn't just willy nilly all over the place. So, you know, I've got an APN folder, DigTech folder, you know, some video projects, all kinds of stuff. Go check it out. Um, you, you really can't go wrong for $9. It's, it's almost a crime to sell it for that little money. Yeah, seriously. All right, so uh, maybe on one of our next shows, after Chris has had a chance to play with this, it'd be nice to do this in like two weeks when we talk again, see if you've had a chance to look at it in just, just two weeks to see if you've been able to, you know, how how easy it is to do and, and uh, you know, what you can do with it. So, all right. Well, uh, anything else on these apps, Chris? Uh, no, I, it looks like I've got my work cut out for me to master the graphic app. <laughs> I think you do. <laughs> All right. Well, go check these out. Like I said, the notes, uh, the the links for these will be in the show notes. And and please leave a comment wherever you saw this and, and let me know if you use this or what you do use in the field. Because um, I, think, I think sketching is, I think it's a really valuable tool um, it, to sketch things because I think your, your eye, while you're standing there in the field, uh, can pick stuff out better than if you, if you just took a photograph and brought it back into the office. Somebody might not look at that for two or three months, and maybe they weren't in the field. Maybe it was you. Who knows? But maybe your memory isn't so good, and maybe the lighting was a little off. I, I'm not saying don't sketch, but take the photo with the device and sketch right over the top of it. And that's the that's the best way, I think, to get the most fidelity out of your out of your drawings and, and out of the, the science that you're trying to go for. So I think we'll drop it right there. Well, we'll see you next time. That's it for another episode of the Archaeotech Podcast. Links to some of the items mentioned on the show are in the show notes for this podcast, which can be found at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com forward slash archaeotech. 
If you like the show and want to comment, please do. You can leave comments about this or any other episode on the website or on the iTunes page for this episode. You can also email us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com or use the contact form on the podcast webpage. If you'd like us to answer a question on a future episode, email us. Use the contact form on the website or tweet your questions with the hashtag archaeotech or tag at arcpodnet in your tweet. Please share the link to this show wherever you saw it. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so on iTunes or on Stitcher Radio. You can also type the name of the podcast into your favorite podcasting app and subscribe that way. Don't forget to go over to iTunes and leave a review of the show. It helps us get noticed so more people can find our podcast and benefit from the content. Also, send us show suggestions and interview suggestions. We want this to be a resource for field technicians everywhere, and we want to know what you want to know about. This show is produced by Chris Webster and Tristan Boyle, and was edited by Chris Webster. This has been a presentation of the Archaeology Podcast Network. Visit us on the web for show notes and other podcasts at www.archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Contact us at chris at archaeologypodcastnetwork.com. Did you just type honey into the chat? Did I? Yeah, I think oh, you did. I did. <laughs> was, was that for me? <laughs> no. <laughs> Thanks again for listening to this episode and for supporting the Archaeology Podcast Network. If you want these shows to keep going, consider becoming a member for just $7.99 US a month. That's cheaper than a venti quad eggnog latte. Go to arcpodnet.com slash members for more info.